0: Hello and welcome to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast where friends share with
1: friends, whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. This week we are discussing Mary Tyler Moore Show. Uh, The last time we met, uh, Mary Tyler Moore had just uh, passed away that week. So I decided that I wanted us to watch uh, the Mary Tyler Moore Show because neither of you had ever seen this. Mm -hmm. And it's a... uh, classic television show. It's a great feminist television show, and I know that's something that we like. So, uh, Mary Tyler Moore show debuted in September, uh, of 1970 and it was one of the first uh, shows that kind of featured a single woman predominantly, um, just kind of in her thirties working as having a career and not a huge focus on, I'm going to get married and all of that stuff. So um, the show obviously starred Mary Tyler Moore. It also had Valerie Harper, who played Rhoda. Cloris Leachman, who played Phyllis. Um, later on, once Cloris Leachman leaves, Betty White comes in. That's not in any of the episodes that we watched. Um, as And she comes in and plays Sue, Sue Ann Nevin, Nivens. And for me, the women really stood out. Um, those are we have all heard of all of those women today there were several men in the show also but ed asner is one of the few that sticks out for me and he plays her boss lou grant ted knight played um the anchorman ted baxter and gavin mcleod plays murray slaughter who um he later was on the love boat and the um show takes place uh in a news station she's an associate producer and so a lot goes on in the news station and then a lot also goes on uh in kind of her social life her apartment and that's where rhoda her best friend kind of comes into play let's get what you all thought of it janelle what'd you think why would you ask me first (laughs) i i don't know
2: like it's not my show like i i like a lot of sitcoms but coming having come into this like later on mm-hmm. like after it's been off the air forever forever Ken. forever <laughs> um, I I just I didn't really feel connected to it at all like I can totally respect what it was mm-hmm. and I knew while I was watching and I was like this was probably monumental at the time but I, it's, it just wasn't like the things that have made me go back and watch the only word that I can think of is retro shows oh
1: god <laughs> You're sounding Did like such a baby. Did you feel, like,
0: really baby. young when you said that? Or <laughs> I <was> going to say.
2: <laughs> no. I mean, the things that have... have The shows that I would now watch on TV land and stuff, the things that that have made me like them has usually been something that grounds it in present day. So, like, I love Lucy when I watch that up there because the physical, physical comedy is, like, forever. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't... It's not bound to one time. Everybody can laugh at physical comedy. And so that kind of helps keep me in the show, even though, like, the stuff that goes on in the show is, you know, outdated. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the Mary Tyler Moore show, there wasn't much to keep me kind of grounded in it. Like, it is relatable, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But I needed something more. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Not that it's a bad show, by any means. Yeah, but
0: um, Elizabeth? Yeah, I I thought I would have Janelle's reaction. I thought that I wouldn't feel connected to the show. So I was really, like, when you... Recommended it, to, to, recommended it to us. I was really not excited about it, <laughs> um, but once I started it, I was like, oh, like I really like this. And I mean, part of I'd always knew about you know Mary Tyler Moore and like being a working woman, playing a working woman on television, mm-hmm. single working woman on television, uh, was pretty like revolutionary, so. That's pretty much in my wheelhouse. I don't know why I was so hesitant, but I ended up really, I really enjoyed the 10 episodes that I watched. I
1: thought it was just charming and mm-hmm. delightful. Mm-hmm. I was a little worried about whether or not, like how it would present, if it would present kind of outdated mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Because I was coming at it from, for one, like a nostalgic perspective. Um, because I didn't watch it when it originally aired. I was not born yet. Mm -hmm. But I watched it as a child. It was the show, one of the shows on Nick at Night. Mm -hmm. It was um, something I remember watching with my mom and really enjoying. And so I remembered it from a 10-year-old's perspective. And really, really loved it back then. So I was a little worried for myself whether or not it would hold up. And a little worried for people who were younger who didn't kind of get raised on it how how that would be uh but it is a classic television show and then so going back and revisiting it like yes it's dated in some ways Mm -hmm. and you know which kind of crack me up like the typewriters and like just seeing like the newsroom of the 70s like cracks me up uh, but also the bare bones of the show is, To me is It's a good show You can see why it became yeah. A classic show You can see why it has endured And why people mm-hmm. still love it So I was happy to see that
0: Right. A few episodes into it, I was like, "Why wasn't this on Nick at Night?" You know, but it wasn't part of my Nick at Night. You right. Know? So I wish I wish it kind of had been because R- I think I would have really liked it.
1: Right. My mm-hmm. my old lady starts to come out because like I remember when Nick at Night kind of started shifting to a little bit of the, in my opinion, the newer shows that shouldn't be on Nick at Night because uh, now yeah. you know. But in all honesty, it's the shows from about twenty years ago or mm-hmm. whatever you have. Friends which started in nineteen ninety four. Is it
0: now on Nick at night?
1: Is now on Nick at Night. Oh my gosh,
0: it's crazy. This
1: started in nineteen seventy. If I was watching it in nineteen ninety, that was it started twenty years prior. And I you know, so you do have those shows that are kind of the shows that are on Nick at Night now that I are were part of my childhood as a first run that I might be shouldn't be on there mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, are the shows that are kind of the same age of a lot of the shows that I watched that were, you know, nostalgic for my mom and new to me as a yeah. child. So, did you all pick up on any, like, differences of the way in which the show was? Because I picked up on a few things, like kind of just almost the evolution of sitcoms in some ways. And I was curious if anything kind of stuck out to you of something different than you would see in today's sitcoms, if that makes oh, sense. okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I have some specific things in mind. One of the
2: things that I really noticed about the show is that it gives a more realistic approach to a strong, independent woman. Because mm-hmm. shows now, it's either, uh, a lot of the time it's either played for laughs, mm-hmm. or they're like a cold, hard biatch, mm-hmm. you know? Or it's kind of in the Supergirl realm where it's like, I am power woman. <laughs> this is just like Mary Tyler Moore. She's just hurt. Yeah, and I was right. like, I really appreciate that. But uh, on the same hand, though, this is part of the reason why I didn't like the show. Was
1: mm-hmm.
2: It was a little too real, but older. And so there wasn't anything to keep me there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But I, I super appreciated that. I was like, this must have been, you know, kind of revolutionary back then mm-hmm. to have somebody who is satisfied with their life. Like, yeah, she's dating, but she's not, like, consumed with dating. Right. So it's... I appreciated that her singleness was not played for laughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that that was, I think, really fulfilling, probably, <laughs> and really encouraging mm-hmm. for a lot of women who were like first getting out into right. the workforce and everything.
0: Even while she's doing some like really silly things, she still maintains some sort of dignity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's interesting. I
2: think. Yeah. About that. Mm-hmm. And she, I f- maybe this is part of the evolution thing that you're getting at. There's always a crazy best friend. Mm-hmm. I love the um, crazy or best friend. <laughs> crazy best frenemy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and you've definitely got that here, but it feels like in a lot of the sitcoms now like the crazy best friend, yeah, they're crazy but only in comparison to like the main character or the main mm-hmm. character is not crazy in comparison to the right. you know, the crazy best friend. Mm-hmm. But it's like Mary's normal. She just gets d- gets like drug into everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like we've gone a little too slapsticky, maybe mm-hmm. since then. I was gonna
1: say, well, because you have derivative of things, so you have yes, we have definitely keep going like crazier and crazier, like and characters get bigger and bigger to where mm-hmm. now we have a lot of just show. I tend to love these shows, but oh. shows um, that have just outlandish characters mm-hmm. that after a time they start becoming slightly normal to you. And I'm thinking of like. Parks and Recreation mm-hmm. and Brooklyn Nine Nine and Michael Scher shows just just in, in general, general like because uh, he's probably mm-hmm. his shows are my favorites of kind of this day and age. Mm-hmm. What uh,
0: about uh, Don't Touch the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three? Like the whole right. I'm, I love that. Uh, um, in thir- Thirty
1: Rock and shows like that that yeah. just kind of have some outlandish characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because we've gotten so far from like. I think in the 90s, you were starting to see, like, one or two characters that were just kind of the crazy character, like, you have Kramer and Seinfeld, you right. have, um, Phoebe's probably your pretty right. outlandish one in, um, Friends.
2: Joey was my thought. Uh, <laughs> it could be Joey, though. It's jo- kind of all of them, honestly. Jo- At jo- certain
0: points, definitely. Joey's
2: yeah. your dumb one,
1: which I think is a character that just gets dumber, and not Joey, but, the character oh, yeah. trope that just gets dumber and dumber as we kind of keep going.
0: What about the Mindy Project? I feel uh, like they also have crazy ones and dumb mm-hmm. ones. I'm yeah. thinking of uh, the nurse, the male nurse. Morgan. What's, oh, love well, I mean, I it's been a while since I sh- watched the show, but when I did, I loved Morgan.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> works my nerves a little. I could see that. Peter was my favorite. Okay. I'll try oh, he, yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's the immature Yes. Uh, and that's a trope too. Right. Very much, uh, but he's he was my favorite.
0: hmm
1: Uh. Anyways, we've gotten off track a little off track. Yes. Uh.
0: But I haven't seen. I can't can't put my finger on anything. Uh. With the your
1: back to your okay. original question, okay. I can't pick put my finger on anything. So enlighten us, please. Okay. Um. Which I want to dive more into some of the points Janelle was making too in a minute, but uh, but so I was thinking like, in today's shows we normally have at least at least an A and B storyline, but a lot of times Mm. we have an A, B, C, Mm. and sometimes even D storyline these days. Um, In sitcoms, I think they normally try and keep it to, like, three storylines. But that was one thing that really stood out, is the show was normally about one thing. Yeah. And um, they incorporated the newsroom and kind of her home life A lot of times, it would be something that would kind of be going back and forth, Mm -hmm. either from her telling the men in the newsroom about something Rhoda's doing, or, you know, dragging Rhoda into the newsroom for whatever reason. Uh, But normally, it was one storyline that just centered around Mary. And in today's, um, today's shows, even when you have somebody who is, like, the Mindy Project, even... Even when you have somebody who is the star of the show, you still have B and C lines, or you have your minor characters, and yep. they have some. Some of them have something all on their own, and that d- doesn't happen in the Mary Tyler Moore Show. And that was something after watching a few; it was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, we're not going off to see what's going on in Murray's life this week. We're not mm-hmm. like, yes, we would learn about their lives a little bit through discussions or through. Murray having a party did we watch that one That might not have been one that we watched anyways, um, but we're not like they don't get their own kind of storyline at all. Mm-hmm. it's It's all centered around Mary, and it's all serving this a a plot, yeah, and so that was one thing that stuck out to me. The other was there's there's becoming an exception for shows that are on streaming services. They're starting to bring back um theme songs a little bit. But overall, especially on your network shows, you don't get theme songs anymore, really. You get like maybe like a beat, you know, mm-hmm. like the theme, the theme song that actually has words and all of that stuff yeah. is pretty much gone. Um, also, and my other point is um, because episodes have gotten shorter, episodes now are about 22 minutes long because of all the commercials those episodes were, the episodes we watched are about 26 minutes long. Hmm. So that four minutes, they can have a spare a minute to do a theme song. Yeah. Where today, it's like, we only have 22 minutes to tell this story. Like, we don't have time to waste on 30 seconds or a minute of a theme Mm -hmm. song that's... With a montage. Yeah. But I mean, I miss theme songs. Yeah. Uh, Parks and Rec was actually one that did still have a theme song, Mm. which was great. I don't think it had, it didn't have words, but (laughs) <laughs> it had, you know,
2: whatever. Yeah, I think the modern day compromise is things like in the Arrowverse, as much as I cannot stand the, the narration sometimes because it's like really hammy, um, they do that. They have They have a, a song, they have a theme song that plays like even in the episodes and stuff it's like an introductory thing mm-hmm. but then they they narrate over top mm-hmm. of it like getting you caught up with the story which i think there's merit in that but there is also something really nice about going back and like hearing theme songs like 10 years after you watched the show and being like oh yeah
1: right mm-hmm. um which yeah and like the mary tyler moore theme song is like very iconic and like you know, in my mind, I can always picture her throwing up her hat. Like, that's a very big moment. That's a big moment that a lot of people will talk about and stuff. And so, yeah, like... I. So was I'm it catchy those... to
0: you, the theme song?
1: I enjoyed the theme song. I can't, like, I
0: just... I didn't like it either.
1: Yeah, I couldn't get into it. Like, I didn't I was like, like it, like...
2: but I kept hearing myself, like, humming it throughout the day, and I was like, "Oh yeah. dang it, every time. And mm-hmm. I
1: almost wonder, because um, it... The theme song for the first ten seemed different than what I remembered in my. It was same words and stuff, but almost seemed a little different. And I almost wonder if they reworked it a little bit later on, um, or if I'm just like remembering yeah. it wrong. But I definitely, yeah. I definitely didn't know if it held up as well as my nostalgia remembered it. But yeah. I love it from a you know like from for that nostalgic mm-hmm. purpose.
2: I think the words themselves were fine, but part of it was it, it felt like it didn't quite fit with the story because it's like yeah she's moving to is it milwaukee is that where it is minnesota minnesota Uh, yeah whatever
0: um somewhere it snows a lot
2: (laughs) it starts with an m i know i just read it but i forget anyway wherever she's moving to yeah it's it's sad because it's from a breakup right but it's i feel like for a show you want to get people pumped up and that song just felt like a little too Mm
0: -hmm. It wasn't was like,
2: celebratory enough. Like, it was right. subdued, It was is subdued.
0: Fine, but, I want, but I wonder if, like, for that time, it was, like, really, like, pumped up. You know maybe. what I mean?
2: I mean, like, we're kind of bombastic
1: now, right. so. Well, and I feel like it – that was one thing, is I felt like it had more energy than I remembered. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, so I do kind of – I want to maybe look up, like, later versions mm-hmm. of it because sometimes – it's still the same words, but, like, and they will they do that with theme songs. They'll kind of mm-hmm. jazz them up or change them up a little bit um, as time goes on. So I am curious to see if, like, kind of there's a different, like, season three or four version.
2: Psych did that. That's a good example of a show that, a comedy show that has come out in the last, like, I eight years. I love their, uh, yeah. That was uh, sung by, like, friends of the, the writer or whomever, and they change it.
0: Depending on the theme of the episode,
2: sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. One more thing about the theme songs. Um, I first binge watched uh, Dawson's Creek on Hulu, and Hulu changed the theme song to the very original Dawson's Creek theme song. I can't tell you if you're shaking your head because I watched Dawson's Creek or because I changed it to
1: um, I, Because they changed the theme song, because the th- theme song should be uh, Paula Coles." I don't, right. don't want to miss, no, no, don't want to miss a thing, I don't want to wake up, what is it?
0: I don't want to wait for my life to be over. Yeah, or that one. Like that. And um, so, but, like, now, like, when I, like, that's a song I hear when I think of Dawson's Creek, mm-hmm. is the song that I binge-watched it to for yeah. the first time. So, I don't know.
1: Also, like, I think that's why I think maybe they messed with the theme song is because I remember different clips from the theme song, like, in the montage. Like, there's one where, like, she's, like, washing her car or whatever in, like, a in a jersey or something, and that's not in the ones we were watching. So that's why I'm thinking maybe they kind of revamped it a little mm-hmm. bit. It's because I know they, like, messed with the montages. Right. So. Um, okay, so one of my questions was kind of... um. And Janelle brought this up a little bit earlier, is how do you think this show portrayed feminism? Like, how, how well of a job do you think? Because we have had kind of complaints or brought out sometimes the ways in which shows kind of mm-hmm. tell more than show and that sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on how on how this was presented? Yeah
0: i don't think that it was like overtly feminist i mean mm-hmm. like it, i thought it was like pretty balanced she was just kind of a woman who was like living her life and mm-hmm. she just happened to be single and working you right know? um i just wonder like if that would have been how it was perceived at the time it was airing i mean you know? for
1: the for that day and time it was very revolutionary yeah. because this is like the first time this has happened mm-hmm. on tv
0: yeah, and like I also found myself kind of like uh, relating to some of Mary's like single woman problems at times. Uh-huh. I can't put my finger on what it was. Now, but I was like, man, girl, Ophelia. I, I guess yeah. we do have her friend who's married, and we really see kind of like through the lens of the show a version of the housewife, you
1: know? Right, and and we see kind of Phyllis trying to push Mary towards that. Yeah, I, maybe it was on the Today I Am a Man show. I don't remember, but there was one where it was like, yes, kind of just this idea of everybody else not kind of accepting you as single and pushing you towards Mm -hmm. something. I don't remember which show it was, but I felt like there was one that really dealt well with that. Something interesting about when they were creating the show and stuff, or at least interesting to me, um, was one, when they originally tested it, she was a divorcee and it tested badly because her first major TV role was as Laura Petrie on The Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh And so test audiences weren't differentiating between this new character and Laura Petrie. And so they were like seeing it as she like left Rob Petrie. Okay. And like they couldn't get behind that because Rob Petrie and Laura Petrie are adorable. And so they changed it to she had never been married. She was a single Mm -hmm. woman. Uh, also, Rhoda tested badly at first, um, because she was so brash and, and whatever, and in the pilot episode especially, um, like, the audience just felt that she was mean to Mary, like, Mm -hmm. just way too mean to Mary. So, actually, they brought in Bess, Phyllis's daughter.
2: Yeah, that made it better.
1: Um... (laughs) Well, and I don't know that they brought her in just for that, but they gave her a line where she talks about how her mom doesn't like Rhoda, but Rhoda's really not, like, Aunt Rhoda's really really a good person or Mm. whatever. And that did actually change the perception of the audience on how they interpreted Rhoda because we see this child likes her, whereas before we were just seeing, like, Phyllis's reaction to her of she's this horrible person. So that did, like, kind of soften it up where the audience is then liked Rhoda. And I think, and actually, like, at first, I think audiences still kind of had a hard time with the character of Rhoda, but slowly yeah. over time, they, like, grew to yeah. to really like her.
0: In and the second episode, it took me a few minutes to figure out that Rhoda was the same person from the mm. first episode. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's
1: different. Cause, <laughs> right, because they, they kind of skipped over the animosity and went right to Beth's runs. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and that was... Super jarring. I kind of hated that because oh. I, w- I couldn't stand Rhoda in the pilot. I was yeah. like, if I'm gonna have to deal with Rhoda and Bess, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like die. <laughs> a- and then they changed her right away, and I was very confused. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is st- we need some uh, a breaking in period. Either mm-hmm. that or you should have redone the, the entire pilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I had this opposite reaction I was really happy that they were instant best friends (laughs) I (laughs) I didn't want to transition just like give me them as best friends because I think they're adorable I
2: shouldn't say mad I wasn't wasn't mad but Mm -hmm. I was very confused like it's you get whiplash going from the pilot to the second episode Mm -hmm. because it's so different Mm -hmm. and it's like you should have just done a different pilot mm-hmm. or said hey this is five months later then i'd be like okay thank you cool right they have bonded
1: right for me i just found it amusing because like i already loved rhoda from oh yeah you know like from years past like rhoda was always great uh so it was just funny how they introduced her to me and so then it was like okay like yes it was a quick transition to now we're best friends. But at the same time, like, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Because I was I was used to that dynamic. Um, and Rhoda actually became such, a, like, a fan favorite. She got a spinoff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that on Hulu. I was like, oh, Rhoda got her own show. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and so she actually leaves, like, I'm not sure what season. But so she's not in all of the seasons mm-hmm. because she leaves for her spinoff show. So do you all have, like, a favorite character?
2: Probably, um can't even think of his name edward asner's uh Ooh. character yeah i like, I like the lou, boss. lou grant like he's kind of crappy and yet he's great at the same time because i'm i can deal with like stereotypical man's man drinks mm-hmm. his breakfast characters that's fine but it's like when he shines through okay disclaimer i watched two of the wrong episodes somehow and one of them that i watched was like great because he just turned into like Papa Ed, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, like, protected Mary, and it was fantastic. Aww. Yeah. I was that say. was, like, one of the only episodes that I was, like, yes, <laughs> about the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's great, but at the same time, I also don't like him because they're just like, we're going to make you assistant producer. And that was that was one thing I wanted to say about feminism was, like, there's definite flaws with it because they just, they completely demean the position of being an associate or an assistant producer or whatever she was.
1: Associate.
2: By just handing it to her. It's like, that's not, it it ceases being an honor and it goes, we want eye candy in the office, is kind of how it felt to me. I mean, they didn't treat it that way Mm. after a while because they grew to respect Mary, but it's like the fact that they just handed it to her was like, well... Mm.
0: I saw it as that she was just working at a very local channel and they were just like we're just gonna, you know, we just need someone here to right. do stuff and like and I also felt like they were also making some jokes about um producing positions and yeah. like if well, you wanna make less <laughs> you right. can, I can make you a producer. <laughs> exactly. Like I
1: kind of felt like they they didn't view it as a very important position. That's why they just kind of were like, Yeah, you can have it. Like it, yeah. she grows into somebody who's very, very um, respected and mm-hmm. and useful at the station, but yeah, because no, oh, this you want this job? It makes less than the one you were coming in for. It's not even as valuable as as the secretary position. Like so, I didn't mm-hmm. take it as your eye candy. I took it as this job's worse than the one you came for. Like and that so we, this job's not that important to start off with.
2: Yeah. Okay. It, Maybe it, I probably just misinterpreted.
1: That that was my interpretation. That doesn't mean it was right. That was just mine. Mm-hmm. Um. But one thing that kind of comes out in some of the, like the later shows uh, is you see this, and I think one of the first times it kind of comes out is in the episode you were talking about, which I think was episode twelve, um, is where like Lou Lou Grant looks at Mary as a daughter, and like, and he actually verbalizes that uh, like a few times in some of the ones that I've been watching, um, and yeah, I love. I love Lou Grant. Like I love gruff. Mm-hmm. Um and I that's one thing is I feel like I really feel like the the first 10 episodes are fine and are good, but I felt like the characters start to shine like pretty much right after that. Oh, as yeah. I was watching like um because one of my favorite characters. Well what's your favorite character?
0: Um Lou. I was gonna say Lou, okay. actually, which okay. is like uncharacteristic of me, but I just like I love grumpy old men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> Edward
2: Asner has literally always been a grumpy old man. Because
0: right. he was the voice of uh, uh
2: the Mr Oh crap, what's his name? The the grandpa guy in
0: Up.
1: Yeah. Oh oh my goodness.
0: Yes. Yeah. See? Yeah. He yeah. yeah. was
1: also Santa and Elf.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. I don't care about
1: elf. Oh you don't like elf. <laughs> it's Okay. I love Elf. Anyways. But
0: I also like Rhoda. She's also one of okay. my favorites.
1: One of my favorites, and I really feel like he doesn't start to really shine until after these episodes. Like, he, he barely has any lines, it seems like, in the first ten episodes, is Murray. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: is he the writer? Yes. Okay.
1: And as it goes on, like, mm-hmm. he, he offers your dose of sarcasm, your dose of, you know, like, always always there with a the, with the put down for Ted, like yeah. always, oh, yeah. you know, like um, mm-hmm. it's kind of her, her in the office best friend
0: and I really like, towards the end of the
1: ten episodes, I really like their interactions mm-hmm. a lot. Right mm-hmm. so, yeah, so Murray, I always remember just loving Murray as a child and then, and as I and so I was a little disappointed when I was first starting to watch the first few episodes cause it was like, yeah he, you know, like I remember loving Murray. There's not a whole lot going on with Murray. And then like as I've watched past the ten episodes and stuff, it's like, Oh, there's the Murray I remember. Yeah. Uh so Ted is too funny. Oh my gosh. Ted is ridiculous. I love Ted. And and this is, you know, one of your first or I don't know if it's one of your first, but one of your not quite so derivative um portrayals of, you know, your bumbling idiot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm. He's Joey minus the womanizing. Yeah. Which I know is a huge portion of Joey, but still.
1: <laughs> and and actually like I was reading something that at one point he almost quit because he was like, Everybody views me at the uh, Ted Knight almost quit because everybody viewed him as ted baxter and everybody viewed him as just this idiot and he's like i'm not this idiot and like he was he was actually pretty upset about it and like had gone into like one of the producers or or whatever like saying he was done like almost in tears or in tears because like everybody just viewed him as as ted baxter as this idiot and and he wasn't that guy. He was very uh, a very smart guy, or whatever. That makes
0: me so bad. It makes me feel like we bullied him as a nation I hate that. <laughs> well,
2: Do you mean everybody is in the cast or the no, fans? No, I mean the fans. Or... Okay.
1: Like the fans were having a hard time, and that happens in today. And, yeah. and a lot of people get typecast or whatever. Like Lisa Kudrow sits mm-hmm. there and says that people expect her to be a lot nicer than she actually is, mm-hmm. um, because they expect her to be Phoebe and. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm. I'm not that nice. <laughs> and and so you do definitely hear of people, mm-hmm. you know, like just viewing actors as mm-hmm. their roles that they've played. The mm-hmm.
0: actress that plays Cersei on um, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. gets like a lot of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Makes she be,
2: seems super chill. She's like,
0: I mean, I'd, I've never met her, but I still wouldn't like. I don't know. It, I'm getting upset because I'm also getting a little defensive of Cersei, even though she's a really evil character. But that's a whole nother fandom. Sorry. So, okay, I really like the episode where she's um, she starts dating the author who turns out to have, like, short. Who turns out to be short. You know? Oh, right, right, right. And I really, I just, like, I don't know. I really like that episode because it also was, like, they were talking about him being short but not in a way that was like, it's funny that it's short, but you're not laughing at him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. And even the book that he ends up writing about, uh, what was it? What was it called? Um, I don't know. It was about remember, people that yeah. about had- about being short. It was about being short. Yeah. Okay, and, yeah. And
2: how, in in high school and everything, like who the, who the, the popular people are in high school, and who the unpopular people are in high school, and how all the unpopular people relate to one another, except for like the two top tier people. And Mary was like one of the top Yeah,
1: that, yeah that did crack me up when yeah. like him and Rhoda were like sharing stories, and you just see Mary getting more and more uncomfortable. Right. And then they're like, So who are you? And <laughs> she was like, Oh, uh, I was one of the people you were just talking about. My right. bad. Um, so, I don't know. I really like that episode. Mm-hmm. I like how his shortness is a thing, but at the same time, a lot of it is, like, Mary's reaction to it because mm-hmm. she's a taller woman, and so how how she's handling, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm.
0: And she really wants to, like, make this work. I love the right. way when
1: she, like, kind of, like,
0: squats down a little. Like, how can I make myself shorter? And it's not in a mean... I never, I never saw it as something that was mean. Right. Like... maybe it's because Mary is so I think she's adorable Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that yeah Yeah. Well,
2: I thought it was cool that she was like I'm gonna go to dinner and I'm gonna wear heels and Mm -hmm. I'm like that's cool because it's like just because it might be awkward doesn't mean that you shouldn't still feel good about yourself yeah Mm -hmm. and that's that is like I think a symbol of a healthy relationship is that Mm -hmm. you don't yeah you compromise for your partner but like you don't have to Stop being, uh, do, stop doing something that you want to do. That's perfectly natural. Right. right
0: you don't have to put yourself down.
2: Can't believe I actually just said high heels were natural.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> that feels natural
2: to you. Uh, I don't know. But something that's gonna make her feel good about herself. Right. right I was gonna say I just thought it was really funny that apparently this has always been a thing, that people are accepting of whatever crackpot theories there are out there about how they should uh, raise their children. Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Even to the extent that your child just goes and lives with somebody else because they just want to. Right. Right.
0: That was the episode I was going to bring up next. Yeah, Yeah,
2: that was ridiculous. (laughs) It was
0: ridiculous, but I just loved Mary during it. Like, I thought it was so funny. Um... It was ridiculous. I also really loved the episode where Rhoda's mother comes to visit yes. and stays with Mary the whole time. I felt like oh I wasn't gosh.
2: getting it that whole episode, though. Yeah. I was like, I'm missing something. And I guess I I am. In some ways, unless I, I literally just missed something they said, um, it was really strange to me that we didn't get any backstory of, like, I mean, we got a little bit of why Rhoda and her mom don't like each other. It right. was just they don't get along and that's just how what the status quo was going to be.
0: I think like well no you go ahead. You
1: well I would I'd would say one it's kind of relying on you to know some of the stereotypes because we're playing with the uh Jewish New mother. York Jewish mother the I think is she from Brooklyn or Bronx or whatever, but very much mm-hmm. a, New, a New York Jewish mother. So kind of overbearing and, you know, kind of, this is the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, they were definitely just kind of relying on you to already know that. Mm-hmm. And in today's TV landscape, like it would probably be like, how dare you use those, those stereotypes. But in that TV landscape, I think you could easily get away with it. No big deal. But like, People are just gonna kind of assume that that's what's mm-hmm. going on. So I think that might be kind of where it is, and mm-hmm. and because they don't ever mention her, her mother before, and this is kind of the first episode we're ever seeing, kind of that that interaction with her and her mother, or that lack of interaction with her and her mother. Yeah. So I don't know that they like necessarily spelled it out, but they gave, but they were just kind of. We've heard Rhoda talking about coming, being. Jewish, being from New York. And so we kind of, I think we, as the audience, we're just kind of expected to know those kind of stereotypes and stuff and, and kind of understand why this Jewish daughter would, would not necessarily. Which is like this
0: trip, you know, I'm just not, right. I can't handle the interaction even right. though I love her. Um, yeah. That's what I got to. Mm-hmm.
2: It, I, at the same time, like, I I liked it, but I didn't like it, mm-hmm. because it's like, I'm used to shows and movies and everything spoon-feeding you exposition for everything, like, we have to know every little tiny thing, and I'm like, I, I'm i used to that, and so it was strange not seeing it in this, but at the same time, I really like that. Like, I know, even if they intended for you to know, just kind of get an idea, Right. Like, mm-hmm. I really kind of appreciate being in present day and not knowing mm-hmm. the back story because I, I love it when shows break those kind of rules and stuff like that like I like it when shows and movies go for the tough ending or they go for the painful thing and leave it unresolved or they just don't have to explain everything like it's totally cool if we don't know all of Rhoda's life story,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm fine with that. Except I wasn't at the time because I didn't <laughs> expect it, but still.
1: <laughs> Which, yeah, and I think, I think in today's shows, there's some stuff that they rely on us to know and we don't even realize they rely on us to know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we do. But this show, especially when it first aired, is almost approaching 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So there is going to be some stuff where maybe as people who didn't live at that time we don't pick up on and and so yeah. they they expected people to know then just like the shows we're watching now might expect us to know something mm-hmm. and we don't even realize they expect us to know anything yeah but in 46 47 years if people watch it for the first time they might be going wait can somebody explain this yeah. you know right. yeah because yeah because the show is almost 50 years old when it started and that mm-hmm. makes me really <laughs> <laughs> that that like putting it in that perspective it's like oh my goodness
2: it kind of makes me think of, like, when I go and watch things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer now and stuff like that. And I'm like, just call each other. Oh, just call- gonna <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't have cell phones in 97. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> what gets me now is shows that – where the characters don't ever call each other. They're always mm-hmm. showing up in person. Like, it, it happened – I was noticed this when I was watching Nashville and, like, several times – Characters would just be like, Oh, I just thought I'd pop over. I'm like, I'm never just popping over. Mm-mm. You know, I'm hardly ever popping over somewhere. You know, I'm calling, I'm texting, right. I'm setting up a very specific time to see someone.
1: I don't know.
2: They call <laughs> each other more in Bluebell than they do
0: in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to
1: say, Yeah, I mean, well, because you, you would pop over to my place some um, last year, but I always right. got the text first.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Like the, I Hey, can I come over? You. And Vampire Diaries. They are always trying to call each other, but no one ever picks up their phone. (laughs) Ever. Are they trying
1: to get a (laughs) hold of Supervis? No.
0: (laughs) It's so funny. Like, if there's always an emergency. They're always trying to call each other. No one can ever pick up their phone.
1: Any final thoughts? I don't think so.
0: Mm. I can't think of anything. We did pretty good, uh, guys. It's been like two weeks. I'm just telling our audience. Right. It's been two weeks, maybe since we've seen this. Three, maybe. I don't even remember. Yeah. So. T- we we
1: took a little recording break. <sighs> um. So final, like, grade. Like, will you ever revisit it if you're just ever feel like you might be in the mood to revisit it more
0: I think that I don't think I'll revisit it now but I can see myself revisiting when after I've graduated and have moved somewhere because I because Mary's also moving somewhere Mm -hmm. and starting a job so I can be like me and Mary gonna take this journey together oh my gosh that's so dorky (laughs) but yeah I could see myself watching it then okay
1: Janelle
2: um, I mean, if my mom has on TV Land, then it appears I'm not gonna like run away in fear or anything. But mm. I'm probably not gonna pick it up just for funsies. Okay. I
1: don't. I don't think it like ever just comes on anymore anywhere. Really That's sad.
2: Oh, this is one thing I should say. Not gonna lie, I thought this was gonna be Mary Tyler Moore's like comedy show like the 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 sketch comedy one that she was in. Okay. So that was part of my like uh. dissatisfaction cuz I'm expecting like skits and everything and sketches, skits, like mm-hmm. so mashed the two of those together. Are
1: you talking about like the one show she did with Dick Van Dyke?
2: Maybe I don't know. <laughs> like, or no, I'm thinking of the
1: Carol Burnett show. Oh, okay, That's yeah. That's where that came in. Um, yeah, like, that completely different person. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, because there was, um, like, this Dick Van Dyke um, comedy special or something. I'm not really sure. Um, where, like, she guested it on it. Or I don't okay. know if it was only a show or if he had other people on at different times. But, yeah. Um, then, then, and this was like a few years after the Dick Van Dyke Show had ended, and then seeing, like, her back on TV, and that is kind of what made CBS like want to do a show with her. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I
2: feel like she was on the Carol Burnett Show, though. I'm not sure.
1: Anybody been obsessing over anything lately? Um, I binge watched uh,
0: Nashville and Black Sails, which Black Sails is a show on Stars. Um, and then I watched. Uh, I've been watching Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuck in like a movie watching phase right now. Janelle, you've been obsessing over anything?
2: Have I been obsessing over anything? Let me let me just. I'm already in Amazon right now. Uh-huh. Let me just go take a take a little, a little look here. At what I've been. What I've done been watching. I started Grimm mm-hmm. on Monday. And I watched the first seven episodes on Monday alone, which was bad. Um, and I'm on... I'm ready for the 12th no. now. Like, I had to take a couple days break for other things. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the most bingey as I get. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I've, I've been obsessing over Grimm, and I'm very excited about it, and I've been trying to get Lauren to watch it. I can't believe
0: Lauren hasn't seen it yet. She's
2: seen a couple episodes, but it was like right when she moved, so she had to put it like you know off to the side or whatever. So yeah, I've I've had that, Um, and I can tell you what I'm not obsessing over really fast. What Kim already knows this. What I am not obsessing over Supergirl anymore. Mm. Oh yeah, I have revoked my approval for that show. Oh no, and I'm basically watching it because I'm a completionist. oh <laughs> and I'm telling Kim the plot lines.
1: yeah, so Kim stopped watching it. I as stopped long. watching it too. uh I yeah, I just I'm so curious. They well, one of my favorite characters I just feel like has not been treated well this season and they've I'm just gonna say they've broken up the Scooby gang a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and that was part of my favorite of the show was the scooby gang all together mm-hmm. and i feel like the one member of the scooby gang that's kind of left to his own devices i really i just i miss the scooby gang and i'm right. just i will catch back up if like you catch up and tell me like it gets good again or whatever or janelle tells me it starts getting good again I won't tell you it or getting good again. <laughs> um and in, in a couple years like Maybe, but for right now, it's just like, you know what? I'm good. I have other things that I'm watching, and mm. I, I'm just good. I don't – I have to – right now, I have to watch everything, like, the day after anyways, and so it's just like, eh, it's it's not worth it right now. But – and in general, I really don't feel like I'm obsessing over anything at the moment. I've been revisiting a little bit of Parks and Rec just kind of as – unwind before I go to bed like a few nights but I did that for a couple nights and then I'm like okay and so really it, it makes me sad that I'm not obsessing over anything but I don't really feel like I'm obsessing over anything right now you're into
0: this is us though I haven't watched the newest episode yet. I mean, I'm
1: still watching it every week, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, that's just my normal television watching. That's not obsessive. Like,
2: right. <laughs> this Is Us is not normal. This Is Us invokes tears from Janelle, therefore it's not normal. Wait,
0: was it this last week's episode that, like...
2: Just about every episode. Oh,
1: just about every episode. I was going to say, the this, uh, like, a lot of episodes I might get, like, tear-eyed, although I yeah. feel, like, not too bad the last few but this last episode, real tears shed down the face. Oh, man. Um,
2: I wasn't quite that bad with this one. Like, I just appreciated this one a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but no, like, any plotline involving the doctor, I'm just sobbing. I oh, really yeah. am. I'm sobbing. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, that show. I the, feel like count, I... You can count on two hands the number of shows that make me cry. Mm-hmm. This one.
0: This one is it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Trying to remember the last time I cried, but I don't remember. (laughs) I mean, like it's not like it's been recent, but (laughs) no, like on a show. The last time I've cried about a show, she has cried. The last time I cried, (laughs) (laughs) it's been
1: fifteen years. Years. (laughs) Uh, So, Janelle, what are we watching for the next time?
2: Uh, Next time, we're going to watch a show that I've been thinking about making you watch. It's called The Gates. It's uh, about a gated community that has secrets. Um, it's available on Netflix and it's an hour long. So we'll be watching the first uh, five episodes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Netflix, have fun.
0: If you want more I Love It Don't You content, you can visit our website, I Love It Don't You. Find us on social media and follow us. Let us know what you thought. If you really enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes. Bye, guys. Thanks,
2: guys.